What's happening, y'all? It's Brad. Thanks for listening, sharing, and supporting our show. And I'm so proud to announce that we've got two new avenues for you to support. So check the show notes because there's two links in there. One is for SeekJesus.co. It's a faith-based apparel company, and we've got some awesome options to choose from. If you use the code HATNIN, you'll save 15% off your order. And any order $75 or greater, you'll get free shipping as well. The second link is for those of you that are thinking about starting a podcast, or maybe you have one, but you're looking to monetize it. You're on another distributor, whatever the case may be. We've been using Spreaker since day one. And what I love about Spreaker is that there's no secret tiers for you to reach to start making money. You can start earning from your very first episode. So check the links to get started. Thanks so much for the love. And let's start the show. Yo, what's happening with what's happening? Welcome to What's Happening. I'm Brad. I'm Fred. It's the show we talk about what's happening. What's happening with you, bro? Nothing much, man. Chilling, chilling. Hey, just normal work week this week. Ain't nothing too exciting this way. You know, just sit back, relaxing. I ain't gonna lie, just kind of eager to, you know, even a little setup. But other than that, I'm chilling. Yeah, yeah, you might bleed through the. <laughs> You kind of halfway there right now, you know. So you're getting me step by step and day by day. Um, yeah, man, I kind of had a little bit of a long week. I um, I didn't take any days off during the week uh, because I took off the weekend and uh, I had the whole family together today. We went to the museum and that was dope. And um, my little nephew's birthday party is uh, tomorrow, a few days before this episode drops, obviously. But uh, oh, this attorney. He will be seven. His birthday is actually not until about another week, but we have this party on Sunday. It's that Dave. And, mm-hmm. It's that Dave and Buster, so that'll be a good time. Dave and Buster's. So mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that because I was just gonna bring in my next question anyway. Okay. He's seven, so you know, usually when we throw parties and they, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, preteen and under, you know, you know, noon to about. Well, 35 is the kids' attention party. But then afterwards, all the adults like to get together and celebrate the party, too. Is that is that the same type of party? I mean, you're at Dave and Buster. It's an adult side, kids' side. Beverages. Um, I expect this party to be everybody can do what they want to do from the time that the party begins until the time the party ends. If I know the folk the way I know the folk, like I know the folk because I know the folk, they're going to be the folk and they're going to be ready to folk out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> some, somebody uncle going to have a little too much. That's man, all I need to know. <laughs> a cousin, somebody, something, man. But um, no, man, it's been a cool weekend. And um, this is our last weekend of March. So uh, this is our last weekend of our Women Making History series. And um, I've enjoyed all four episodes that we've done so far. I enjoyed them while we recorded. I enjoyed, you know, listening back to them, um, all of that. And um, I believe that we are going to have another dynamic guest here 
Uh, and we have a longtime friend of mine, someone I haven't seen in, we just talked about it before we recorded. Um, we haven't seen each other in 12 years, but through the magic of social media, you can kind of, you know, keep up with people and keep up with their lives and know what's going on. And uh, so I've got uh, Randy Jenkins here. And I know her last name is Jenkins, but I promise you she is not. Uh, I'm going to say it. She. <laughs> it's a running joke that she and I had, you know, 12 years ago that, you know, she's got a black last name. But um, it's not a black woman. Her just like last name is Jenkins. And I don't remember how I told you before, you're not the only Jenkins that I know that's not black. Did we ever have that conversation? No, we haven't, but I'm glad I'm not alone here. Well, I think <laughs> I, I think you know <laughs> it's your last name. I do. I can't tell you how many times, with the first name of Randy and the last name of Jenkins, how many times I walk into a job and people think I'm a black male. <laughs> they're very lie. surprised you sound like you belong to somebody biker club oh everything i love <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they do not expect me to walk through the doors uh but they do they get me well first off welcome to the show thank you thank you for having me well good to have you appreciate you uh you know giving us a little bit of your time and <laughs> coming to share your story and um, I don't have any kind of any kind of uh, better segue than that. So just take it away. All right. Well, my story has a lot to do with. Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. I should say, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. But I think because I haven't, we haven't gone this pathway before in great detail, should probably add in a trigger warning of some separate. sort. Yep. Um, so, um Look at the show notes before you listen any further. Uh, I'll, I'll leave some subtle notes in there, but I'm giving you a trigger warning. If this is something that is going to be a trigger for you, if you want to take the week off from what's happening, I appreciate it. It's your your mental health is more important than you listening to my podcast. So forgive me for cutting you off, Randy, but I'll let you go ahead and continue. Nope, that's, I love the trigger warning. There are some hard topics. And like you said, people's mental health is way more important than listening to me talk. So, but uh, my story kind of goes a little bit back and forth. Um, there's a lot of things from when I was a kid, but it all kind of came to a head in 2017. I was on a date and I was sexually assaulted um, I, you know, don't know how much detail you want, but as much or it, whatever you're, whatever you're comfortable sharing. It was a Tinder date. We had been talking for a few days and that day I had worked from eight to eight. So a 12 hour day for me. Um, I'm a, was a behavioral therapist. So I worked with children with autism and I was an aggressive behavior management expert. So I worked with children who beat the crap out of me every day. And I was exhausted. 12-hour day, I decided to uh, pick up food and go over to this guy's place. And we had been talking about watching Game of Thrones. I was reading the series, so I was excited to start watching it. I hadn't seen it yet. And we were going to have dinner and watch some Game of Thrones. Like, And we had dinner. It was nice. He wasn't really my type. I wouldn't have, like 
slept with him. Honestly, maybe like another date to try to like feel it out, see if there was anything there, but it wasn't like that. But we started watching the show and within 10 minutes, I fell asleep. Like I was exhausted, you know, I'd worked all day and we just sat down, watched the show. I fell asleep, kind of felt him like touching me, but we hadn't kissed. We hadn't cuddled. We hadn't physically touched each other at all. I felt him kind of touch me and I rolled over and, uh, just without thinking, you know, I think back and a lot of people like blame themselves. I could say, well, why didn't I just get up and leave? Why didn't I do a lot of things? I was half asleep after a long day, just ate, like, ready for bed. Um, and the next thing I know, he had taken off my pants. I was laying on my stomach, and I was asleep. And uh, I just, I remember, like, crying. I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could move. I was just frozen, scared to death. I was just crying and said, like, no, no. And he had stopped, and I just, like, laid there, like, hands above my, like, in my face, just holding on, just crying. And um, he, like, paused for a moment, and I didn't know what was going to happen. And then he continued. When he was done, he got a towel, he wiped off my butt, pulled my pants back off, and went over and laid in his bed. (laughs) Like. Wow. So. We had never, we didn't kiss, we didn't touch, we didn't anything. Like, I literally rolled over away from his hand when I fell asleep. And that was his sign to, like, get up and come over to where I was and take off my pants and do that. I went to the bathroom and kind of just, like, looked in the mirror at myself, like, what the fuck am I going to do? Is this guy going to like hurt me physically more he wasn't mean he literally didn't say a word there was nothing said nothing he didn't beat me up he didn't i don't know how to explain that part but i was just like afraid of what happens next if i go out there what's going to happen next if i accuse him now what's going to happen next what's going to happen to me so i grabbed my bag and I ran out and I ran to my car and in the car he texted me and said are you okay and I said don't ever speak to me again he texted back I'm so sorry and I said you heard me say no like why didn't you stop and he said in the message I have it somewhere he said I know I should have stopped. I'm really sorry. I have that in text message. And uh, I got in my car and I drove. I didn't drive home. I drove to my friend's house and I just bawled. I was crying hysterically. And she said the only words that I could say were, I said no. She said I was crying and screaming. I said no. Until she called the cops and got the cops over to where she was. So that was like, I was in August of 2017. And like I said before, it doesn't, he didn't 
well, okay. I got to the hospital and the nurse was really rude. And she goes, he didn't hurt you. Like he didn't beat you up. Like nothing happened to you. It's kind of like, no, like he didn't say anything. There was absolutely nothing said. Not a goddamn thing. And she was just kind of like, like he didn't hurt me. So I was stupid because I didn't fight him back or something. I don't know. But if you know there is fight and flight and there's freeze. And because of my past, I'm a freezer. If you scare me, I'm not moving. I'm going to sit there and shake. <laughs> I can't fight back. I can't run. I'm going to be sitting there. And it's who I am as a person. But that's what happened that night. Froze, didn't know what to do. What else are you supposed to do? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I kind of knew that that was the, yeah, obviously, I, I you know, I, I had a, a sense of what happened, but this is my first time hearing the, um, hearing the story and just hearing it, I couldn't imagine experiencing it. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, and it's weird. A lot of survivors and victims, we play that blame game on ourselves. Because were there opportunities for me to just go? Yeah, but I wanted to watch Game of Thrones. He had HBO, I didn't. I'd get to watch it. I fell asleep. Well, that's a dumb girl thing to do. I was fucking exhausted. I, you know, didn't fight him. All these things that I could blame myself for. A lot of therapy and self-reflection and everything have brought me to, like, for myself, not being mad at myself anymore. I know that that's what happened, and there's nothing I can do to change that now. In the future, if something were to happen, I'd hope I'd handle it differently, but who knows? But I know a lot of survivors play that game of, like, what should I have done? And that's just not the way that you need to think about it. So, uh, went to the hospital. I got all that. Police were involved, obviously. Um, and the next day, I kind of just hid at my friend's house. And the day after that, another one of my friends took me to the zoo because I asked her to. I don't know why, I just felt like the zoo was going to be safe. I just needed something other than sitting by myself, like figuring out what the fuck is going on in my life at this moment. Um, so I went to the zoo and we just walked around. And uh, while I was there, I got a call from SARC, the Sexual Assault Resource Center. I got a call from um, like a person advocate for myself, and I got a call from the district attorney. Uh, the district attorney wanted to take my case and take it to trial. And if you know anything about women taking men to trial for sexual assault, it's not great most of the time. But I 
thought it was kind of my duty to try it, to speak up for myself and to speak up for other women because who else is going to do it for us except for ourselves? Um, so a few months go by and during this time, 2017, the Me Too movement boomed. Yes. So during my trial, like before all this time, Me Too just blew up. The Times Magazine article, the everything. And even from my own social media and the people I had, it was such a divide. Do you remember the two divides of like, women are just lying and sending men to prison for fun. And the other one is like, no, every woman you know has been sexually assaulted in some way. Hence the hashtag me too. Yeah. Right. And I even, like I saw it, I'm from a very red area. I'm from a very country awful place no <laughs> you can say uh, how you feel here no. you, can say, you can say it here my neighbors suck now <laughs> it's just a very rural very conservative conservative kind of place and uh a lot of their views were that of like well i should have shot him or i should have fought or why was I going on a date with a man by myself in the first place? Like, <sighs> right. Again. Uh, so I was really worried because I saw both ends of the spectrum and going into trial, I was scared to death. I went to every one of his hearings. I went to everything that I could. My friend and I went my, um, best friend Shaylin she's the one that called the cops she's the one I went to she has been my shining star through the whole thing until even now uh she went with me and the first hearing I walked in and he smiled at me like until he realized it was like I was the first I was oh he knows who I am so like hi and then he realized but he fucking smiled at me like oh hey that's insane i had to hold shaylin back she was like what the fuck? <laughs> like i <used laughs> but he just smiled at me and i it was the weirdest thing because it wasn't like a mean or anything it was just kind of like oh i recognize you it was like i'm happy to see you or yeah like oh hey like i know you and it was kind of it was just the weirdest <laughs> I don't, the weirdest, like, feeling of, like, don't look at me. Right. But he, he did. I saw him several times throughout this process of a few months. Um, a, a lot of things happened. I could tell you about that time I got in a bar fight. Whatever you <laughs> want to share. Uh, so during, between the time of the trial it happening in the trial i was feeling not great but kind of like just okay i was sad but it was my friend's birthday so i went to a restaurant slash bar with my friends to celebrate and this dude walks up to me and he goes hey what do nine out of ten or what was it 
yeah, nine out of 10 people enjoy. And I said, I don't know, bacon? He goes, no, gang rape. What? And this is a guy that doesn't know you. Doesn't know me. This is a guy that you've never met. Never met. He just decides to walk up to you and just doesn't know your name. You don't know his name. Never seen each other's face. And he just he just says that to you. No. And the crazy and thing. I, I, I'm sorry. I mean, to cut you off. I just want to clarify that. Just be like, oh, is this her friend? If somebody's listening, go, oh, is this her friend? Just pick it on her. No, this is just some random asshole. Random wow. dude. Come up. To, and I thought he was cute. And I was like, oh, like, a boy's talking to me. Like, cool. And then he opened his mouth. Yeah, I thought I thought maybe I was looking extra cute or something that day. Like, why would a random guy come up and talk to me? No, it was because he's awful. Um, and I ran out of the bar just bawling. Like, I ran from him, ran out of the bar, and collapsed in the street. Just, like, out of my mind. My friends came after me, and the bouncer from the bar came up to me and kind of like got me and he goes what happened i told him and he said no fuck that he went in and he got the guy and he kicked the guy out of the bar and so i was still upset i went and i sat down at the table with my friends i was on the other side like on a bench seat and the table was in front of me and that dude that got kicked out his friend came up to me and said thanks for getting my friend kicked out you bitch I flipped the table. I stood up, flipped the table, and went after this guy. Just went after him. I am caught him outside. I am shoving him up against like a telephone pole, like screaming in his face. My friends come out, Shay and Franny. They're swinging. This dude. He's beating his ass. <laughs> this dude got his ass beat by three women on the street. You should have been like one of three out of every four women enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such an asshole. Because <laughs> guess what? No, that's a good one. I haven't heard that one yet or even thought of it. So <laughs> but uh the bouncer broke it up. He sent the guy on his way and he said, You are always welcome in here and let me go back inside. They were still cleaning all the glass up off the floor that I'd flipped the table over on. But things like that just kept happening to me during this time. Just like I felt I couldn't go out in public anymore. Mm. I couldn't, I wasn't safe anywhere. And then I went to trial. We went, we did trial for two days. The first day I testified and I was sicker than a dog during trial. Barely had a voice, like I was miserable. I'm up there, you know, talking. My friend Shaylin also had to testify. Um, the SANE nurse, which is a sexual assault um, nurse examiner. She testified. The cops testified. And then the next day, he testified. And uh, it was weird to see. I got to see, like, the video camera, the camera footage from when the cops went into his room and got him and asked him questions and he wrote me this letter they were trying to get a confession out of him and he was just like 
his letter said something about like, I'm sorry, I know women who have gone through this and I hate that. And I always wish I could beat up those guys and you have a great job and you're such a nice person. Sorry. You feel this way. Wow. It was, it was so weird. But you and... have a I'm not going to speak for you. No, go ahead. And I was just thinking you have a text from him that says, or he says, I shouldn't have done it. And I'm sorry. You have right. a confession text from him. But right. I'll, I'll let you tell the story. Mm -hmm. So he's talking and his lawyer asks him about um, his past relationship and how sex was for him and that. And he said something along the lines of, I didn't think it was unusual. My ex-wife would only sleep with me on my birthday and she would just lay there too. Wow. So, in a way, he confessed. No, he wife. tried to, like, use his ex-wife to get sympathy for himself. Yeah, like, oh, well, that's how sex goes for him. The woman just lays there and doesn't do anything. But you said stop. I said no. You said no, sorry. Yeah. He thing. said... He oh, said, wow. I was, he thought I was just moaning. Wow. So, the jury goes to deliberate. Mm -hmm. And they come back. We go in. And I thought there had been, uh, you know, a couple key things, like, missing. Like, I wish that the, my lawyer the uh district attorney had gone over or like hit some points more but i'm not an attorney i don't know he got not guilty uh he got not guilty and as we were walking out he's standing kind of next to me or my family is standing right there a juror walked up to him and said i'm sorry that you're going through this. Walked up to him. Walked up to him. Wow. And out of all of it, that is the rumination I have in my mind more often than the others. I can see that lady's face saying that to him in my mind over and over. For some reason, that just really, like... What the fuck? It's pretty much the only thing from the next few hours, days that I remember. Uh, I went up, talked to the lawyer, and I was like, now people, like, he didn't get charged. So that means, like, this didn't happen to me. Like, he's not guilty. So what, this didn't happen? What does this mean for me? So am I overreacting? Like, what do I do? Am, am I a victim? No, I don't. It was a really, I, I just sat there and I kept asking them, like, what do, what, what does this mean? And they tried to calm me down. They set me in a room. And that was the first time that I started um, self-harming.
I scratched my arm open with my own fingernails and I just sat there and I scratched until my arms were bleeding and kind of like calm me down. I don't, like I said, I don't have too many memories, but when I, I just scratched my arms open until they bled. Then my parents found me. <laughs> Cut me out. But that kind of started the whole the whole thing. They said I was doing okay after the incident happened. But after trial, I mean, they talk about trial being the worst. And they did. They went through my Tinder profile where I had it on there like, I know where to hide the bodies. I had on there, that was the time that you could do like group Tinder. So my friends and I all had a group Tinder and I put, I realize I'm the fat, ugly friend. If you have any fat, ugly friends with big dicks, let me know. Or fat, ugly friends that like fat girls, let me know. You know, I had to explain what that meant in trial. What do you mean by guys with big dicks? <laughs> I mean what I said, dude. Like, what do you think it means? And like, so, me, I'm just, you know, me knowing you, like, I know that that's just like your sarcastic personality. That's just <laughs> who you've always been. And, mm -hmm. and, and what I'm hearing you say is that the defense just found any and everything that they could possibly, you, you know, use against you. Right. Because the, I think we had this conversation before uh, in a previous episode, we said, you know, the court of law is not about what's the truth. It's about what's good. It's about, you know, what you can prove. Mm -hmm. And in our messages between the guy and I, because they went through all of them, there was nothing ever sexually explicit. There was nothing that, nothing sexual at all. Nothing that could been, could have been conveyed as sexual, except he said, oh, when we were talking about watching HBO, he said, oh, HBO and chill. And I was supposed to know that meant that I was going to be had sex with. But that is not even, okay. Right, because that's what that means. I should have known that. That's crazy. So And, no and, and I don't want to attack how people vote per se. Um, but, you know, you said that you live in a pretty conservative area. So what I think I'm hearing you say is, is that all of this is happening at a time where those on the right are rejecting the Me Too movement. Right. And you're uh, in an area where the jurors are probably, just by the nature of the area, they're probably, you know, mostly, if not all, people on the right in terms of the spectrum of, of how they vote. Shocker, I was actually near Portland, Oregon, but I was also in kind of a red county in Oregon where this happened, but yes, so I, it really could have gone either way. The jury didn't have to be unanimous, so there were a few jurors who voted for guilty, and they were not the jurors that I thought it would be. They were an older lady and an older gentleman 
someone else I don't remember but not the people that I would have thought would have been uh, on my side it it seems to say from the jurors who said not guilty because you were on tender and that how this is how this came about in a sense they casted you out as what my grandma would say being fast in the first place is what i take it you know mm -hmm. because right. because of that i feel is where the siding with him you know partially came from was it right hell no you know but it's it's kind of the bullshit you deal with, you know, when it's somebody else that's judging the situation and not knowing the situation. So then you have a nurse who says, well, you weren't harmed. And forgive me because it, it may be no comparison, but I've watched a lot of SVU. And, you know, I only say that to say some of those victims, you know, from rape scenarios have trauma on the inside or tearing and ripping on the inside, you know, as well as on the outside. And so was there anything in the rape kit report that showed like resistance from the inside? Uh, there weren't any tears, nothing like that. But that's because um, you froze in your sleep. So coming out of the sleep, there's probably not much resistance trying to come to. Right. And like I said, my arms were underneath me. I was sleeping like this. So my arms were underneath me. There was not a whole lot that, you know, he had to do. So my question would be, even though HBO and Chill, which ain't even Netflix and Chill, so I don't know how you Right, like, that's what I'm just like. Phrase. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they made their own fucking phrase that nobody has ever used, you know what I'm saying? And, and stuck it to a whole nother phrase because they are like, I guess, entities or whatever you want to say. They both do the same thing. But how does your text message not hope? Like, while you were telling the story, I'm just waiting for you to be like, well, he says not guilty. My text message says you're guilty. And how does that not hold weight for him to say, well, yeah, I should have stopped. I'm sorry. That's the part that blows my mind. That, that shit blowing the hell out of me, bro. Because when you told me, when you said you had that text, I'm like, okay, his ass is in jail. Like, you know? right. So, defense, I uh, coaxed him into that answer by sending those text messages right after. And I told him what I had said. And that's not what he heard. He didn't know that until I sent those text messages. So I shot my own self in the foot 
because I baited, I no, tricked him into those text messages. I'm not going to let you blame yourself for that. How <laughs> do you trick somebody? Well, shit, he tricked me with HBO and chill, because shit. I thought he was supposed to have Netflix, the fuck? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm sorry, but I, I, if that's the case. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but, and then on top of it, like, using the wife scenario, to me, that's not alarming. I, I, it, I don't know if I'm a juror, if I'm a, a, a defense attorney, a, a prosecutor, whatever. I listen. I ain't married, but I might as well be. Shit, I got seven fucking kids. And in actual reality, nah, we ain't knocking the boots around this mug like we was ten years ago when we first met. With, you know what I'm saying, two and three kids in the house, you know, if grandma picks up one or something. But I'll be damned if it's only on my birthday. That We're not raising a red flag that only on my birthday and she lays there too. She says nothing, does nothing. For one, yeah. as a man, if a girl just lay there, there's a couple things going through your head. That's kind of my thought. Like, I'm not adequate. Well, or you know, not I, you know, what I'm saying not like she's not into me. Right. Or did I impose myself? You know what I'm saying. And this wasn't, you know, um, what is I can't even think of the word where it's a mutual agreement between the two. Um, uh, consensual. Consensual. Yeah. So, it, I, I would be asking myself, like, like, she think I'm right? If there's nothing, like, nothing. Right. Not I mean, even okay? Like, what's going on? Because even if a girl says no, you're going to have more than just you know, laying their hands under their body, you know what I'm saying, in a prone position, not giving you no extra help or, you know what I'm saying, thrust back. You're going to get, I mean, even words or, or sounds is going to be more, if they say no, they're not just going to say no two or three times and that just be, that be it. I mean, if you think of somebody in the past and that's all they said was no, no, no. And y'all had a great time, you know what I'm saying, for whatever duration that was, I that's going to be awfully weird for me. I, I wouldn't be able to pull that off. Yeah, so it, was, it wasn't like an outright no, no, no. I had my face down. It was more, probably quieter. But like he said, he thought I was moaning. No, and I think... I think Fred was saying that, like, even you just saying no, because it took me a while to figure out where Fred was going with that, too. I think what he was saying is, is like, the fact that you just, I think Fred was saying that, like, the fact that you just sat there, even if you only said no, like, the fact that you just, if you would have not even said no, the fact that you just sat there 
should have been a red flag that something was going wrong. Should have been a red flag. And that tells me that his poor ex-wife, what was happening to her? That's what I'm saying. Like what he's forcing her once a year to have sex with him. And That's... by the way, another another thing is he's Mormon. So he couldn't have married until he's what, 20? And he was 27 at the time. So he couldn't have been married for all that long. And they're already divorced. And they had sex one time a year. Maybe she was forced into that marriage. I... Because I, that's what I'm saying. Like, to me, that's that's a red flag within itself. Yeah. I just don't know any married couple. I mean, hell. If I tried that shit with my lady one time a year, she gonna look at me and say, "Hey, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Who is it? Damn it! Shit, tell me." You know what I'm saying? Or or she gonna be like, "Hey, look, meet me in the car." You know what I'm saying? I just warmed it up. I'm about to take old school kids up. <laughs> I mean, you gonna have to be creative with this thing. You, you know. Right. Hey, look, let's get a hotel room, you know what I'm saying, for the night, have cubs come over, he can babysit, bring the kids, they can have a big party, whatever. Something, but once a year. But to the point, we're saying that, like, hey, bro, like, obviously your life is bullshit, and, like, you need to figure out some stuff and change it. Because there's no way to say that I thought that this was normal. Then why in the hell did y'all get divorced? Like, (laughs) right. I'm so, pretty sure it had nothing to do with the bills. It had nothing to do with the living situation. It, it was just the sex. <laughs> so, how do you... I don't want to necessarily fast forward you. So, I have to imagine that going through that trial, and, and I mean, just everything that you went through, I have to imagine that it was difficult to date or and to be around men for that matter for a while am, am i am i correct in thinking that yeah um it was it i didn't feel like i wanted to i didn't really want to have any sex whatsoever um and then i went through spurts of like being over like sexual um the first guy I kind of like dated after that was like a friend of mine from work. Somebody I knew was safe. He was older than me. I just, I, he was safe. Mm-hmm. He was very nice. It still didn't really want to have sex all that much. Um, but yeah, it, it became where I had really stopped living my life. I lost my career. I, uh, like I said, I was a behavioral therapist for about 10 years. I couldn't do it anymore. I was having panic attacks at work, working with aggressive kids. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I was having panic attacks. I was scratching my arms. I was showing up to work drunk. I was showing up to meetings drunk. I was causing disturbance at work. Like behavioral therapist, I can't be doing the stuff I was doing. And it all came kind of to a point and I, I left um, so I lost my career 
and had to do something for work, actually became a school bus driver. Figured one, I'm working with kids. Two, I'm just driving around on a bus. I don't have to see anybody else. I don't have to do anything else. And that was actually really kind of great for me. Um, kids aren't scary. Uh, I felt safe, but I still wasn't really leaving my house. Couldn't go to the grocery store. I'd walk to a restaurant near my house and have hour-long panic attacks in the bathroom, just locking myself in there and crying because somebody walked by me or I got too nervous to say, like, do something. And uh, I actually had gotten a dog, Ender. And Ender really, really helped me. He was in training, going to be my service dog. Uh, I had to take him to the dog park had to take him outside on a walk so you know for a long time I didn't leave the house and then all of a sudden I had to start going out and I'd take Ender with me Ender started going with me to that restaurant Ender started going with me to the stores things like that and he really helped me kind of gain some more independence in my life and he definitely saved my life um, during that time I had tried to kill myself a few times um, had two stays in the hospital, um, kind of the psych ward. And if you're ever in a psych ward, the more you say, listen, I'm not crazy, makes you sound more crazy. <laughs> Tried to tell them a few times, like, listen, I'm not crazy. I'm just sad. And they just look at you like, okay, sweetie. Okay. <laughs> it's funny. Because to them, you're just another person in the system that, sure, you're not crazy. Right. I mean, nobody here is crazy. I mean, they're like, no, we're not crazy. crazy. Sorry. Talking to themselves and screaming and doing like, you know, the mentally ill thing. And I'm just like, no, like, I'm just, I'm just really sad. And they're like, okay, (laughs) like, pat you on the head and give you some meds and send you back in the room. Like, oh. Uh, So I did that and I went through a, program, which I called SAD school, but it was basically classes on different ways to um, cope, different um, uh, I can't think of the word, just different mechanisms. Yeah, and coping mechanisms, how to deal with the trauma. It was kind of like a trauma-based like camp that I went to. So I did that for a few weeks. And kind of, I lost everything, kind of lost my mind. And it was the first time in my life that people had allowed me to have these feelings. So I'm a child of child sexual assault. I'm a child of childhood abuse. I had been through all of these things. I had dealt with depression for most of my life. And it just kind of like, go get them, Randy. Like, nobody ever uh, let me have those feelings. Nobody ever allowed me to deal with any of that. It was, keep going, you know, put your head down, get through it. And when this all happened, I finally 
had the opportunity to completely break down, let it all out. And I did. I completely lost it for a long time. To the point of <laughs> my parents wanted me to move back to Ohio and closer to them. And at that same time, my stepmom had been diagnosed with cancer. My niece was just born with a traumatic brain injury and cerebral palsy. And all these things were happening at home while I'm out there. So I came back and kind of got to be with my family again and everything like that. But three days after we came back, Ender died. Yeah. I, I laugh now. It's not, it was the worst. I was going to ask if the dog I saw earlier was Ender. I no. Let me tell your story. No. So Ender passed, and that was absolutely awful. But a lady named Angela saw on our like um, Facebook group for the kind of dog I had, had been kind of following Ender, and she was a breeder. She had puppies, and she called me and asked if she could donate a puppy to me. To not replace Ender, but to help. Because I think she'd kind of seen what I had gone through and how heartbreaking it was to lose Ender. So she donated Puppy to go back through the service dog program, which is how I got Welby. But Welby is the kind of dog that needs his own service dog, so. What? <laughs> oh, man. He is the goodest boy, but... Yeah, he's he's something special. So, I'm certain. Have you took have you taken extra measures to help protect yourself from events like that from happening again? Yes, I hadn't, I, before that I had been single for 10 years, so I'm not like a huge like dater, I'm not in a, usually in a relationship, but I had gone on several dates, like several hookups too, like I'll admit it, it's yeah. who I was, I'm a 20 year old, I was a 20 year old, age, we're grown, right, um, but Yes, I started, especially when I moved back home, um, it's easier to know people. You know people who know people. Started kind of like meeting people, but I wasn't really into it. And then I had met my ex-boyfriend. And he was very nice. We met at work, so I knew him, kind of like we had all these crossing paths in our lives. So uh, we started dating, but sex became unbearable for me. I couldn't at all. I went to the doctor asking if my body was broken. The Even the thought of sex like would make me cringe. I wanted nothing to do with it. I liked him. I did not want to have sex at all. Um, and it had been the first relationship I had had in 10 years. So 
I didn't know what to do. He, I kept telling him like, it's not you. Like there's something's wrong with me. And I tell him like, Hey, like, you know what happened to me? And I did have a stint where I think after 2020, things started to spiral, spiral again, really bad for me. Uh, in the beginning of 2021, I admitted myself back to the hospital and just tried to, I had a giant PTSD episode at work. And so I went back to the hospital for a few days, just trying to get my head straight, get my medication straight. Um, and later on, like trying to figure out what's going on with sex. My ex had said, I don't see what the problem is. Nothing bad has happened to you since we've been together. Okay. It's not about you, bro. It's not. Bro? That's... So things like that, like, guys who don't get it or take it personally, and then things like that, like, saying that the PTSD and depression are all in my head. Well, yes, that's because my brain's not working correctly. It is all in my head. But things like that. I've been on and off with depression things of PTSD, being around people. I used to be really extroverted. Um, not quite anymore. I don't enjoy large crowds of people anymore. I don't enjoy going out very much. If I am out, I'd like to have my back up against something so I can see. Loud noises aren't my friend. Just different things. And I said before, doing ruminations where something just comes back in your mind and you're just playing it. It's like a videotape that plays in my mind. So a lot of times it's the trial or the day or just pictures of him. Or for a long time at that job, I felt like he was going to show up there. He would never. He doesn't know where I was, didn't anything. And it's halfway across, the, all the way across the country. But I couldn't like walk into work without having a panic attack because I just thought he was going to be there. No reason. I knew it wasn't happening, but you couldn't tell my brain that. So have you bought a firearm, mace, you know, took any training? I mean, um, I'm just being honest. Has, has that situation even made you thinking about, you know, uh, thought about going down, you know, on that road and getting something like that to help protect yourself or... So, uh, I've always had firearms. I've always had my nine mil. Um, I didn't have it with me. I'd always I'm from the country, bro. <laughs> I'm from, I've always, always carried guns. I can shoot with the best of them. Uh, everything else, yes, I do have a cubaton and mace, but I actually had to give my gun to my dad because. Uh, yeah. My yeah. Bad. Yeah. I. Yeah, so actually, my friend kept it for a long time, and just to hide it from me because I wasn't safe with it. Um, and then when I got back to Ohio, my dad took it from me, just so I didn't have that easy route. So, if I'm gonna, add, if this is too much, um, tell me, and we just won't even have this part in the episode. Okay. 
but I'm just kind of putting things together. So you talked about on your Tinder profile, um, you said that you're the fat, ugly friend, and if you have fat, ugly friends, like, let me know, blah, blah, blah right? Um, first off, like, I've never known you to be fat or ugly. I'll just <laughs> say that now. You're not. Um, you never have been. But also, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You have, I've always known you to just have this extroverted, um, personality you've always been overly sarcastic um and i'm you 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 likely touched on that you said you were abused as a child mm -hmm. um physically sexually things of that nature i'm now wondering putting this all together has that kind of sarcasm and and self-deprecation comedy was that a defense mechanism oh for sure yeah i've definitely dark comedy is my coping mechanism it was for a long time because if you're gonna be sad you may as well be funny hmm. and I don't know how I want to phrase my next question with that. Um, so bear with me there. Uh, <laughs> unless, you, unless you want to get in there, Fred. You could probably, you're probably thinking the same thing I'm thinking. I just can't put it together yet. No, I don't know. I don't think I'm on the, on the uh, same trail as you this time. I, I've been seeing, I mean, it's just, so, If you were to to tell, you know, eighteen year old you, what would be, you know, like your top five? If I'm out dating, I have to stick to this, just to to prevent a situation like that. It might not be top five. You might say, hey, I only got two or three things, but this is the best things I could say. I mean, I'm just... Well, I would have definitely started therapy earlier. Um, because of my past, I have a hard time speaking up for myself. I have a hard time defending myself. And I think I would definitely have started therapy and learning a lot more self-advocacy because I, to this day, I have the hardest time with that. I am a people pleaser. I'm afraid to get in trouble. Like, crying afraid to get in trouble. I'm a grown-ass woman. I can't get in trouble anymore. But I will, if I make a mistake at work or if I make a mistake at home, I'll cry because I'm going to be in trouble. I have a really hard time sticking up for myself. So I think the number one would definitely be therapy to kind of deal with the trauma before that and as for like going on dates for women I think it's really hard I don't know if there's any one thing we can do to stop sexual assault from happening 
I mean, I went over 10 years without anything bad happening. And then one day it did. I don't, I don't think there's any one way I can be safe or any one way that we can stop it from happening besides telling, getting men and letting them know that things like this aren't okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. I, I think that first off, I think you did kind of go, I, I think you went, I got the answer that I kind of wanted to get, you know, you talked about <laughs> the, yeah, I, uh, the answer that I probably would have wanted to get through my question, not that I wanted to get, but y'all know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but the self-advocacy piece the, and the therapy, you know, this is something that we are really, that's really, that's probably going to be, um, I don't control the ads that happen on this podcast, but chances are high that there's going to be some sort of like, um, there's some sort, there's going to be some sort of self-help ad right. in this podcast because it's just everywhere now. And it's really, um, really over the last two to three years that, it's like, yo, get therapy. It's a cool, it's a great thing to do, right? You know, or it was, you know, 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, go to therapy, you? Right. I'm going um, to come see you later. Like, that's just how we were as a society. Not saying it was the right thing to do at all. It absolutely was not. But to your point, like, Damn, like if I would have known better, or if I would have, if it would have been less um, stigmatized, you know, you probably would have just jumped right at that at a younger age to deal with that earlier trauma, which probably would not have potentially, we don't know for sure, but maybe if you would have gone through um, that healing, maybe you wouldn't have got just ransacked with you know, however old you were at that point um, with, with decades of trauma of different things at once. Um, and yeah, like you can't. I mean, if 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 you didn't know that that you didn't know that that was a possibility, right? And never. And you said you had been talking to the guy for quite some time, so there was obviously nothing that happened in that situation. It wasn't like you. First off, like it wasn't like you texted him that day and went to his house that night, right? But if that is what happened, that's still not your fault. I'm just gonna put that out there. But like what I'm saying is is that like like even to the point like you had some of a character history built up and there was nothing that was communicated back and forth that would have had you concerned to go over there anyway. So you and could not have prevented it. Right. And nothing at dinner gave me any red flags besides that I wasn't like overtly like into him. Yeah. Nothing at dinner. If anything, I would Describe him as like super nice. Yeah, just maybe more of a friend as opposed to a, a, a partner. Right. Like, because you said maybe you would feel it out again for you may, before this before everything happened. Mm-hmm. Maybe you would have given it a second shot just to see. Just to see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she said she was. And tired. that's normal. Uh, it might have been, you know, she was just tired, went into it, just kind of like, you know, I ain't feeling it. We just gonna watch some TV and. I'm a bang, you know what I mean? We, we I'm out of here. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you're a hardworking person, you come watching some TV after a good meal, you're bound to fall asleep, you know what I mean? Especially if you're comfortable. Right. But that don't give anybody the right to, you know what I'm saying, 
to alter, you know, your physical state, you know, or just because you're not there mentally or because you're tired. Um, you know, so I, I feel that it's, it's just, it's mind blowing. And I really feel bad for, you know, for you have to go through that and then to, you know, repeat it over a, a set of months, you know, listening to each side of the story and watching it unfold. That's, that's crazy. Which leads me to my next question. There is a chance that someone is going to listen to this episode and they're going to think there's a chance someone's going to listen to this episode and maybe they've been through a situation like yours where they were they were sexually assaulted and you ran to a friend you ran to a friend got a police report, went to the doctor, pressed charges, testified in court. Real, real quick, real quick, bro. I don't even mean to cut you off. But earlier, you did say the friend called the police, right? Yeah. If the friend didn't call the police, do you think you'd even call? I don't know. Um, I'm curious. I the way I was when I was there, I was uncontrollably crying. If she hadn't, no, I probably would have uh, moved on with my life. I've had a teacher in high school that said the best quality about me is I roll with the punches. And that's because my life has been full of punches. Like, it hasn't been all that great. So, I'm used to dealing with these things, and pulling on my bootstrap, bootstraps and moving on. And I think it shocked a lot of people when I didn't after this time. Mm. Um, but I don't know if I would have. I probably would have second-guessed myself. I would have said, no, it was my fault, or I shouldn't have done that, or, you know, I, I did something. It was, I did it wrong. I didn't protect myself like I should have. I shouldn't have gone over there. I the maraud of things that I should have done or could have done. And I would have second-guessed myself and not stood up for myself. And if it weren't for her, I would have just been dealing with it silently and never dealt with any of it. Damn. That's a real friend. Shout yeah. out to the real friend. Day, <laughs> right? Shaylin, that's yeah. Shout out to Shaylin. You know what I'm saying? Use a real one for going ahead and stepping up and intervening. Sometimes, you know, we like, ah, you know, I feel for my girl, but that ain't my business to step in. Way to step in and make it your business. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes that's that's really needed. So, so what I wanted to ask is, is that everything that should have happened after such a traumatic event did in fact happen. And yet the system failed mm -hmm. and this guy did not go to jail. He was found not guilty and a juror said that and a juror apologized to him for having to go through this. 
and, yeah. and and someone is there's a chance that someone may listen to this and and maybe they've gone through uh, maybe they've been sexually assaulted and maybe they haven't you know told their story they haven't done the hashtag me too thing because they think what's the point right. what um, do you say to that person I'll answer that question first off I want to say I did not ask for any jail time. I asked for sexual education classes for him. And I think there was some community service. And because of him being charged with that, he would have had to been on probation for five years, but no jail time. Wow, now that's the bullshit. That's all I asked for. I didn't ask for jail time. I just said I needed him to go to some classes and figure out the shit. Slam dunk case with an easy solution. Mm-hmm. And you still fumble. Yeah. Even as even as you're looking at your attacker, and as you're going through all the pain and hurt that you've gone through, you're saying to you're saying that he just needs help. Please help him. Right. Like I, like I mentioned before, he was just a nice guy. I really believe he was too sexually uneducated and that he, I now believe, I really don't think he knew or understood what was happening. And then he realized it was awkward afterwards and agreed with me in the text message. But I really, I don't, see him I have a pretty good sense of judgment for people I feel like as a behavioralist like I really don't see him as a predator I think situationally and I think he was just really sheltered and kind of dumb I think he was dumb but I don't think he's aggressive I don't I could be wrong to this day I, but I I just think that it, it just shows that there's just another example of how women will protect men even through our bullshit. Well, I won't like, say that. I think I think partial partial of it's her background. You know what I mean? Well, well I'm even thinking about like if you're dealing with you know aggressive people. I think her background and what she's been taught is where she's getting that from. I could be wrong. Now, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that's what helps her analyze him as a person, you know, because he doesn't have characteristics or traits that they say is of someone of that behavior that he would be classified under. Exactly. And I also feel like that helped him a lot in trial. It's not, it wasn't hard to see that he's dumb. Well, I understand all the analytical stuff on that. That all makes sense. I'm not rejecting that at all. I'm saying on a surface level, women will protect us through our own bullshit. Like I'm remembering, I'm remembering when allegedly Tory Lanez shot Meg The Stallion in the foot. Like what was this like three years ago? I think. And even still, that like when the police came, didn't she initially lie and say that? she stepped on glass or something like that even though there was like gunshots reported I'm just saying like 
Yeah, but I I think I think in a circumstance that's that was more situational. And the only reason I say that is because uh being a cheddar by myself, I know how being in a setting amongst a group of people, you gotta understand what also was involved into that situation. You can't get other people hemmed up in something else because you two got something going on. You have to think about everybody there. So the smartest thing to do is, you know what I'm saying, basically, basically give it a bunt, you know what I'm saying, to alleviate the blow, you know what I'm saying, let everybody get out, clear out the situation, then come back and be like, okay, nah, this is what the situation was. Because they're going to know. They're not dumb. Officers and shit ain't done. Once you get to the hospital and somebody get to checking on you, ah, nah, this ain't no glass. But right. everybody that's in, involved have time to clear out, get their situation straight, so therefore, if anybody's coming back or needing to talk to them, they're not in a situation. They they can come in a, in a in a better manner than what they was in when it happened. I get all that on a surface level. Women will protect us through our bullshit. That's what I'm saying. No, I, I I didn't disagree. I'm just saying when you use that analogy of them of Tory Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion, I'm like, you can't really use that because that. You got to think everybody that's there, everybody that what they got on them, who can have what they got on them, on them, and who can't, you know what I mean? You shoot me that's in the foot, I'm snitching. Fuck you <laughs> and fuck every witness. Nah. <laughs> that's just nah. And that's um, why you're not in those situations. <laughs> exactly why. Um, and I think, I understand what you're saying, Bradley. Um, I think part of it is my coping mechanism. I have to believe that everyone saw how stupid he was. I have that people felt sorry for him. I want to put that that he was nice, whether it's like self-blaming, like, no, it's my fault, like I did it. Which I know Whoa. isn't healthy, it's not what I should do, but I think it helps me cope a lot that it was not guilty by finding the more positive stuff about him that he was just too nice and stupid to I, I, real. I think that's just like the the that's not even I think that's just us trying to be like logical about it because I do stuff like that too with, with you know stuff that happens it's like you have to think this way because that's the only other realistic way you cannot see it the way that I see it the only way you could not see it the way that I see it is you see it as something like this, and I can navigate a lane to see how you got there, right? Like, yeah. I, I get it. So it, I, I, I think I that's a little bit being empathetic and empath. Is yep. I can definitely feel what others are feeling. Yep. And I can see how you got there, even if I agree or not. Yeah. So I think you're a lot like that too. How you can. Yeah. Feel what people are feeling. So I don't remember if we if we got the question answered. Someone listens to the story and says, "Damn, if she if she, her story got out there and and she didn't the, the guy didn't go to jail, the guy didn't get you know he didn't get sentenced for anything. Why should I tell my story?" So, I can't say 
you know, that you have to, um, what I keep in the back of my mind is the DA said, if this happens again, we'll let you know. And if he ever does that again, there's already going to be this trail and I'm going to be right there beside the next woman standing beside her and taking his ass down. And I think it might not be for you. If you don't feel like you can do it, you have to do it for the next girl because she didn't deserve it either. You don't, but it happened and you're going to take his ass down because the next girl doesn't, doesn't deserve it. If you could have stopped it. And I actually was going to ask that, but I didn't want to, I couldn't ask it without asking it in a way where it made it seem like, you know, that's why he got off with it. But I, I wanted to say, I'm pretty sure that has a big part to play in it. He probably doesn't have a prior. When I say a prior, I'm talking about he probably don't have a speeding ticket, a parking ticket, a jaywalking ticket, a disorderly conduct, a, you know what I'm saying, anything. Right. And unfortunately, that will play a significant matter. You know what I'm saying? And like she said, she's in probably more red areas. So that's definitely, you know what I mean? We're, we're going to have to find, and, and even with her route of not asking for jail time, I think the other reason of him not having any priors and it playing a big part and them still finding him not guilty is once it's labeled, he's still different whether he went to jail for it or not. He still has to register. He's still going to have to go through all the procedures as if somebody who spent the time behind, you know what I'm saying, the situation there too. Not saying it's right, whether it was his first time or his millionth time. But I, I wanted I wanted to say that when you touched on that, they said if it happens again or, you know, when I, if, you know, if something else comes up, basically they'll be reaching out because of that paper trail to say, okay, look, we gave you a slap on the wrist the first time, but now here's a pattern. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and to other girls, it's going to be the hardest thing you ever go through. It's going to suck. The defense is going to drag your name through the mud. They're going to do everything they can to make your life miserable. But you just have to get through it. I mean, there are so many of us on the other side that can support them. There are so many resources now. There are a lot of things to, on, you know, the bright side of aftermath of whatever happens during the trial. With regards to resources, are you, are there any specific organizations that you would recommend if someone is going through, you know, kind of the same or going, you know, maybe they've experienced sexual assault in any format. Is there, any particular organizations or locations that you would recommend people to reach out to? Um, not specifically. I know there is a sexual assault hotline for the U.S. I'm not sure what that is right now. Maybe you could add it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. But I know each state and each county should have 
a program. Uh, a Google search should be able to bring up wherever you are and how to go about that. Places like the Sark community who reached out to me in Oregon, uh, there were so many different resources for like wage loss and compensation and so many other things that can help you through all of that. Um, there are support groups. There's all, all sorts of things. And it's going to feel really lonely and like, why would I reach out to a group? But there are other women, most women, you know them, who have gone through this. And we're all here on the other side. And that's what's most important. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. This was, I knew it was going to get deep. Um, yeah, I think you are, you know, when you were texting me, you're like, you know, I listened to the other episodes and, you know, it seemed like, uh, you said that it seems like everybody had a bright side at the end. And yeah, I don't know that if I've reached my bright side, you know, I think that going through everything that you've gone through for your entire life, I would say that every day that you wake up is the bright side. You know, it doesn't have to be this magical, my life has turned around and look where I am now and ha ha ha, what was me? Sometimes the bright side, not what was me, God, but <laughs> sometimes the, um, you know, sometimes the bright side is I woke up, I got out of bed. In your case, sometimes the bright side is I, I, I left the house. You know, hey, I had a long form hour and 20 some odd minute conversation about it. Those are all wins as far as I see. Um, so and you help somebody, whether you know it or not, sharing yeah. your story, it's gonna touch somebody. So you just you just help somebody who, who possibly can help somebody else, you know. Absolutely. So that, that's you. where your bright side is because you never know. You somebody might hear this story, you know, go turn in their accuser who might have, you know, be currently hurting somebody. So you, you never know. Yeah. You always got to look at it, you know, in a positive manner when you can stand strong, tell your story, you know, and, and, and be able to leave it out there for somebody else to to use it and, and get help from. Well, thank you both. I was thinking about my bright side and I'm in a healthy a sexually healthy relationship. <laughs> that is a bright side. He's <laughs> getting laid. No. <laughs> uh, if you're listening to this and you don't love this show after that comment, I can't help you. <laughs> I can't At all. Help you. My new partner is absolutely wonderful. Uh, he is a crisis intervention officer as well, so he can deal with what I've been through. He's seen it. He knows how to deal with my mood swings and everything else, and we're doing really wonderfully, and I'm hoping to start nursing school this fall to be a SANE nurse, sexual assault nurse examiner. Wow. Wow. So... 
So. <laughs> if you have listened to this and you don't love this show, I can't help you. We had, <laughs> we, we had last week with Trina, she went from losing hundreds of pounds and now she's a licensed personal trainer. This week, we, we've got Randy who went through um, sexual assault. Now she's going to be uh, a sexual assault so, nurse, examiner. nurse examiner. I just want to make sure I didn't butcher that. Um, I love it here. Um, great. Are you are you open to 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 being contacted by anybody that might want to reach out to you? And if so, how can they reach out to you? Yes, I am welcome. Anybody who wants to, uh, they can have my email or my Facebook. It's just Randy Jenkins. I'm the not the black the black guy on there. Not him. <laughs> you want me to use the uh, the Gmail? Uh, no, use my Hotmail. All right. So check the show notes for contact info uh, for Randy. And obviously, that's where you will see some other stuff in there. You'll see contact information uh, for Randy. You'll see social media information for myself or Fred for the show. If you like the show, leave us a five-star review in your podcast app. Tell a friend about us. Like, subscribe. And that's all I got. Have a great one. This has been our Women Making History series. Um, five straight weeks of amazing women telling Bro, different stories. I, I gotta give it to you. <laughs> you're, not, you're not gonna slide off that easy. Oh, what? <laughs> nah, bro. I appreciate you. This was the dopest concept. This has been the dopest five series, you know, uh, of nothing but great stories. Uh, I mean, I appreciate it. Just for letting me be a part of it. You know, I appreciate every woman that came through and told their story. Randy, appreciate you for stopping by and sharing your story. You know, Trina, um, Andrea, uh, uh, you know, Nadine, just, Nadine, um, Tiffany. and Tiffany. There we go. Hey, I, I, I knew I wasn't gonna remember all five, but I was gonna try my hardest though. You was gonna let me struggle through it too, and I've seen it. But hey, bro, I just, I really, really want to thank you for this dope series and this, this dope concept. You know what I mean? Like, you ain't did nothing else to get on this one. I appreciate that. I just blessed to know amazing people. So, to all the ladies, thank you for coming on. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. And um, see you next week. Bye. <laughs>